Arizona Sports, Sports. the local sports sports leader, Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset, brought to you by Collins Comfort AC and Plumbing, proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals, 4 o'clock reset. Here we go, the top stories of the day, we present them to you at 4 o'clock every day here on the Burns and Gambo Show, we call it the 4 o'clock reset, and before we dive too deep in today's biggest stories of the day, this moment is now old enough to buy a beer. And a little super. Twenty-one years ago today. Damn. <laughs> old enough to buy uh, a beer. All right, so um, I was, uh, I was, at, we did the show from Coach and Willie's that day. Mm-hmm. We did the show, and by the time I think the she, we were watching the game there, and then I, I went in. When Mark Grace got the base hit, when he got the single, okay. I walked into the stadium because I was like, I'm going to go in. The Yankees were up two to one. I'm going to go in. I'm going to celebrate with, you know, and I'm going to go into the, the Yankees, you know, dugout, not the dugout, the um, clubhouse, the clubhouse. And so I walked, once I walked in, Mark Grace got a single. I always blame Mark Grace for that. Um, but then obviously, you know, big error by Rivera. And then the the bloop over Jeter's head because Jeter had been drawn. It's a routine pop flight at a shortstop for goodness sakes. Yeah, it's not like, yeah. But it was you know, but drawn in infield, they got the win, and then the only championship in Arizona. You know, years later, um, although it sucks as a Yankee fan to lose that, I am happy that I live in a state that has a championship. It is. Nice. It would suck to not have one. I, I was actually covering the game for KCAR. I was in line waiting to go into the losers clubhouse, the Diamondbacks clubhouse, mm. and they had a monitor in. In line watching the game, and I went from being in line to go cover the losers clubhouse to running onto the field with my microphone to get post game reaction. Yeah. So, I mean, literally, I watched it on the monitor and just I knew the backdoor way to get to the field from there, and boom, before he knew it, I was on the field with so, my microphone. You know, I was yeah. friends with Chilling and Gonzo and Gracie. I'm friends with those guys. So, after the game was over, I went, to, you know, I went in the clubhouse, and the first person to see me, Bob Renly, with a throw, and he goes, Hey, Gambo! And he turns to his butt and he Smack. Kiss my right there. Yelled it right across the clubhouse because I think I had picked the Yankees in four. Uh, hey, Gambo, you can kiss my boom right that's there. Fantastic. Like, oh, God, right. That's fantastic. I took a beating that night. From no. Major League Baseball last night, the Astros are one win away from Man, telling us what all a to kiss by there. What a Chaz McCormick was. That was unbelievable. That was oh, that, that was, was the moment right catch. there because if he doesn't catch that ball, changes obviously changes everything. That was a, a, an Presley extraordinary for five. Outs because they had they had rallied to make it three two. Um, it was yeah it was it, the Astros the Astros are the better team. The Phillies were able to come back. It was three one. They got that run. It was huge. But they stranded. I think the biggest at bat was when Presley struck out uh, Marsh because there was a runner on third with less than two outs. That was the tying run, and he struck out Marsh. 
and then he got out of the inning on a ground ball. But the Marsh at bat was the biggest one because if he just you know puts the you know, fly ball to the outfield, you got a tie game. Yeah, that Trey Mancini play over first base. Oh, that was, was yeah, unbelievable. He, and he was holding and he, and he was holding the runner on. The only reason he was able to make that play is because he's holding the runner yeah. on. Because if he's off the bag, he never makes that play no, on, on the hit by Schwarber. No World Series tonight. Obviously, the Astros are up three games to two in the series. Game six is coming up tomorrow in Houston. Your Arizona Cardinals injury update for the Seahawks game. These players have been ruled out. Max Garcia, Rodney Hudson, Christian Matthew, they're all out. They will not play. Hudson we knew about for some time. These players are questionable and... Cliff said today that Buda Baker, game time decision, James Conner, game time decision, DJ Humphreys, game time decision. The other players listed as questionable okay. is Dennis Gardeck. Cliff made it sound like he wasn't going to be able to play. I think James Conner's going to play. I'm hearing good I'm getting good reports on James Conner. I can't say for sure he's going to play, but I would tend to lean towards there's a better chance that he plays than he doesn't play. Steve Keim, general manager of the Cardinals. Normally a guest on our show. We had a scheduling issue today. We weren't able to make it work. Steve Keim was on the Wolf and Luke show today, and he was asked about what concerns him the most about the Cardinals' three and five starts. Your consistency on offense would have to be the alarming thing when you know that you have talented players on that side of the ball, and then you feel like, to some degree, you've underachieved. You haven't played good football in terms of playing together, playing in unison. The mistakes that we've made, miscommunication with routes or time management, we're getting the playoff. Little things that obviously can be fixed but are very disappointing. <laughs> Trying to get a playoff on time. Yep. Get in line. We're all asking about that one. Steve was also asked by the guys what he thought about Patrick Peterson's comments and calling him out earlier in the week. Here's what Steve said. I mean, I have nothing but respect for, for Pat and the, the, the athlete and the, the talent that he possesses. Obviously, during my tenure as uh, general manager, one of the more talented corners that I've seen him play in the league. And so I a lot of respect for him as a player. He also said he was unaware of the emails and letters that were printed and put in Patrick Peterson's locker that Peterson alleged to have had happened late last week. So it wasn't him. That's what he said. He said, I am not aware of how that happened. Yeah. So that was Steve Keim earlier today. Cardinals, Seahawks on Sunday. Obviously a big, big game for the Cardinals. You'll hear it here on Arizona Sports and the Arizona Sports app at 2 o'clock. Philadelphia Eagles now 8-0 on the season. They beat Houston Texans last night, 29-17. Jalen Hurts, 243 yards, two touchdowns. Dallas Goddard, eight patches, eight catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown in that game. Yeah, he, he, another good game for the Eagles. They continue to uh, be the best team in the league, undefeated. See how far they expected them to win that game. Um, Fields has been, he, he's been, uh, he's been, Hurts has been great, really great this season. Had another solid game. Loves using that tight end. Yeah. Uh, the Eagles, it was the first game all year where they didn't have the lead at halftime. It was a little closer than expected. They pulled away in one. And nobody noticed it because they were all watching the Phillies game. <laughs> exactly. Now, one Philadelphia fan watched it. Suns taking on the Trailblazers tonight, the first game for the back-to-back series here at Footprint Center. Game will start at 7. We'll take you up to pregame coverage at 6.30 here on the Arizona Sports app at 98.7. Uh, DeAndre Ayton probable to return tonight. Damian Lillard and now Anthony Simons out for the game. Neither one will play. Yeah, and and, uh, you know, Portland's got off to a very, very good start this year. They played a lot of good basketball. 
Simons is such a big part of what they do. Not having him is going to be huge. There's still talent there, you know, with Nurkic, but no Dame, no Simons. Man, they're bringing a knife to a gunfight tonight against the Suns. Absolutely. As far as the Brooklyn Nets are concerned, that obviously is a big story. Sean Marks, their general manager, called Kyrie Irving's Instagram apologies a step in the right direction, but not enough. Before the Nets' three-game road trip, Marks also told a group of reporters that they had no intentions of cutting or letting Kyrie Irving go. Yeah, he got suspended on Thursday, no less than five games for failing to apologize during that news conference. Um, He issued the apology on Instagram. It was a quote by Kevin Durant. Uh, where he said, I ain't here to judge nobody or talk down on nobody, how they feel, their view, or anything like that. He actually corrected that. He tweeted his comments to clarify. So I just want to clarify the statements I made um, at Shootaround. I see some people are confused. I don't condone hate speech or anti-Semitism. I'm about spreading love always. Our game unites people, and I want to make sure that's at the forefront. So he had to clarify some of his earlier statements. Of course, Kyrie is now suspended for five games, at least five games. Steve Kerr, they lost last night. The Warriors did wow. 130 to 129 to the to Orlando, Orlando. I'm telling you, that Orlando team's fun. Yeah, the Warriors are fun. now in 12th place in the Western Conference. They're 0-5 on the road after their fourth straight loss on this current five-game road trip. Now listen to this. They're resting Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Andrew Wiggins tonight in New Orleans. It's the fifth game of a five-game trip, second night of a back-to-back, and they're sitting their four best guys, basically, out side of Jordan Poole. Yeah, you know the Warriors, None of them they're, are playing they're not about trying to chase the first or second uh, place or third place. They're just about like, we got to keep our guys healthy, and when the playoffs come, home court advantage or not, we're going to ball. Coyotes lost last night to the Dallas Ooh, Stars I by the Stars seven just two. scored again. Yeah, they had to pull their goaltender uh, uh, very early in that game, and it didn't make any difference. Final game at home before they go on their giant road trip. Yeah. They won't be back until December I 9th. I said I yesterday, I'm expecting that down. I don't know if they've announced it or anything yet, but I'm expelling that, expecting that Dylan Gunther is going to stay on the roster and not get uh, go down to the junior. I haven't seen that announcement, but yesterday was kind of the deadline for that to happen. Uh, and Senators Sports and Entertainment on Friday announced the Ottawa Senators are oh. for sale, with the condition being the team must remain in Ottawa. I've been so, to a game there. Have you? I was at a, I was at a game when the Ottawa Senators were playing in the playoffs. Damian Rhodes was the goalie. They had Daniel Alfredson and. Uh, what a terrific, the terrific team they had. They, I think they had upset the Devils or somebody in the first round. So we went out there, Corral Center, skated on the Rideau Canal, and uh, it, it was a it was a great environment with the Senator fans. They loved that team. And then college football coming up this weekend: ASU hosting UCLA tomorrow night. ASU, something that this might be an upset, perhaps, in the making for ASU. They need to win three of their last four to become bowl eligible. UCLA has an outside shot of being a college football bowl playoff team. They cannot afford to lose a game. So if ASU hands UCLA a loss, not only does it really help them, and it helps, uh, you know, Sean Aguano to maybe be the head coach, but it basically takes UCLA out of a position to get into the playoffs. And tough one for U of A. They're in Utah this weekend, taking on the 14th ranked Utes. Yeah. Look, Arizona played USC really tough. Like, they they, uh, they can battle. They can score points with anybody. That's a 4 o'clock reset here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, the Arizona Cardinals have had their offensive struggles through the first quarter. We all know that. They're not alone on the struggle bus, though. We'll tell you why next. Burns and Gambo. 
Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Sold. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. That's us here on the Burns and Gambo Show on this Football Friday here on Arizona Sports, the local sports station. And Cardinals, we're all... We're all eagerly anticipating Sunday's game because it does very much have a kind of crossroads-type moment feel to it, right? Like, we come in here on Monday and the Cardinals have won. We feel rejuvenated. We feel reborn. We feel like everything's been kind of reset for the Cardinals and a chance now to maybe do some things that, that we thought were possible at the beginning of the season that looked impossible after the what first What did we think weeks. was possible in the beginning of the season? I mean, what did we honestly think was possible? Playoff parents. I mean... I think, I think Hopkins was suspended for six games. They didn't go deep into free agency. Like I, I know they they made the playoffs last year and they got slaughtered. They you know, we went into this season with the Cliff can't win in the second half of the season. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, 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 I think people were. We're kind of walking on eggshells with the I, uh, how good they can be. I, I, and look, I'm generalizing here. I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I, I mean, I, I know that, and I'm, I'm not saying that to like pat myself on the back. I know there were people who thought that in the the NFC, as bad as it was, and not as bad as it is, as bad as we thought it was going to be, like who else but the Cardinals? Right? That, that's, that's what I thought. There was that big mess, and like the, the NFC is so bad, the Cardinals right. are bound to get I, in because the rest of the conference sucks. Listen, I wasn't picking the Cardinals to go 11 and six or anything. Thing. I don't even think I had. I think I had him at nine and eight. Yeah, but my reasoning was based on the NFC not being very good. Now, some of that's proven true. Tampa Bay's not very good. Uh, New Orleans isn't very good. Green Bay's not very good. The Rams and the 49ers aren't very good. There's been some surprises, especially Seattle and the NFC East and Minnesota. Minnesota, Minnesota. But I still don't think the NFC is that good. I think any team that gets into the playoffs will have a chance in the NFC. I don't care. Any team will have a chance. But I don't really know that we went into this season, like from what you just said, like I don't think we went into the season with these grand thoughts that something special was going to happen. That's all I'm saying. I don't know that we really thought, like, I don't know that we really thought that this was going to be a great year for the cards. Oh, no, I didn't say that. I mean, I know you it, didn't say that. I, you, I know, I know, I, and I know you had him at eight. I think you had him at eight and nine. I had him at eight you didn't nine. even have him with the winning record, right? Yeah, I yeah. had him at eight and nine. I didn't have a. I, I just, I think most people probably thought this team is good enough to compete for a playoff spot, you know. And the team that we've seen so far this season, right. for whatever reasons, you know, performance, injuries, or whatever, they, they've not been a team that looks like they're capable of competing for a playoff spot. They've, they've been trailing ninety-one percent of the time that they've played this year. A stat that seems impossible. Throw out there. What, the 91%? Seems... Oh, yeah, it does. Yeah. Well, they've given up more points than anybody else in the first quarter, and they, the scoring's well, been terrible. So I just, it, yeah. That's just what I was about to talk about here because they, um, so the Ringer did this story um, post trade deadline, mm-hmm. and they're kind of looking at all the teams. How all in are you? And they had the Arizona based off of uh, how much you spend and your draft capital and, and everything. Like, how, how much are you pouring into, how many resources are you pouring into winning this year? They have the car. Cardinals ranked as sixth on their list, and that's the stat you just mentioned a second ago. The players on this offense, they write, are making nearly $160 million per year when measured by average annual contract value. Arizona used a first-rounder two seconds to get either DeAndre Hopkins, Marquise Brown, or Rondale Moore. They used the number one pick on Kyla Murray. This team has invested, their word, not mine, massively into the premise that it would be able to score a lot of points. The Cardinals have 
nine points in the first quarter. Nine! And that's not an average. That's nine points total. In the and, first quarter, and so they've far given up season. the most points in the first quarter of any team in the NFL, too. I believe, 55, right? You are correct. Yeah. Fifty-five. Nobody has given up more points than the Cardinals have. So, yeah, I mean, that's yeah, that's that's you know, want to know why they're behind all the time? That's why they're behind all the time. They get off to these terrible, awful starts that you think eventually that will turn around, and they'll play better, but it hasn't. I mean, we went we're waiting for half the season for the Cardinals to play better in the first quarter. They don't have a touchdown yet in the first quarter of a football game. I mean, it's very embarrassing to be honest with you. If I was Cliff. I'd be humiliated by that. This is my offense. This is what I prepare for. This is what I plan and map out. And I can't, I can't get a touchdown in any quarter. Uh, it's not, not opening drive, but just any the first quarter overall. Sometimes you have the ball two, three times in the first quarter, and they can't score. But we talked about this ad nauseum, the, uh, the amount of money invested in the offense. Yeah. They went all in to be a team that was going to score 30 to 40 points every single week. Now... In the last two weeks, they've averaged 34 points. 34 points per game. Because this is very much, as much as we may hate to admit it, this is very much a DeAndre Hopkins oriented offense. What I what I truly believe now is that there is no player that's more important to this offense than DeAndre Hopkins. Not Kyler Murray, nobody. There's not one player on this team that's more important to the success of the Cardinals than DeAndre Hopkins. He's the player you could least afford to, to, to not have on the field. I believe that now because I've seen what he's done the last two weeks and I saw what happened you know, before. Um, they just can't move this offense without him. They just can't. Did they have DeAndre Hopkins? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. The three games Kyler didn't play last year. Was D-Hop there for those games? I'm trying to remember. Oh, I'm looking... I'm, um, I'm, I, I think, think I'll be, get the answer before you do. I'm looking at his I think so. game logs right now. I think so, too. I he just, did not. Cop didn't play against the Panthers. That was the one they lost. They didn't have Kyler, and they didn't have D-Hop against the they Panthers. Were, they were injured the same time. He didn't have the, the occult. When they beat the 49ers, yeah. there was no Kyler, no D-Hop, no AJ, no JJ, plus Chase and Pugh left early with injuries. I, so. couldn't, I couldn't quite remember. Yeah, they were injured the same time. Um, the three games, the Kyler three missed games. the three. Right. games in November. DeAndre Seattle Hopkins game. missed the first three no games No Kyler, no D-Hop, no yeah. Pew, no okay. Chase in the Seattle game. I was just game. curious. I was just thinking yeah. about last year, you know, to, to to because your idea would seem to be backed up by what we're seeing so far this year. It's just, I mean, 34 points per game with him, 19 points per game without him. I mean, it, it's hard to, you know, it, it's hard to dispel well, look at that. how they Look at how they won when they didn't have Kyler and they didn't have Hop. So McCoy throws for 328 yards and two touchdowns against Seattle. Arizona actually fumbled the ball four times. They didn't lose any. Ertz had eight catches for 88 yards. Connor had 26 touches in the game. Wow. 26 touches. Um, Prater actually missed two field goals in that game, and they still won. The other game that they, they lost to the Panthers, they just got clobbered. Then they beat the 49ers without Kyler and without D-Hop. And McCoy... 249 yards passing and a touchdown. That was a lot of the defense. Uh, Murphy forced a fumble of Kittle. Simmons forced a fumble of Ayuk. Boot had an interception. Marcus Golden had three sacks. But James Conner, 173 total yards and three touchdowns. So it's almost like if you're not, like if you look at the two wins, the theme to me would be James Conner was great in those two wins. He was great in the two wins that they didn't have Kyler and D-Hop. So that's what you have to have, right? You have to have a quarterback that can manage the game, not make a lot of mistakes. You've got to have a running back that just goes out there and kills Yep, him. and having everybody on your offensive line certainly wouldn't hurt. And I don't know if that's going to happen this week. or It's not going to happen with Rodney Hudson. He continues to be out, and I, I think 
think, as we've said many times, that feels like, man, every week we're just going to wonder whether he's going to be able to play or not. It'd be nice for them to get DJ Humphrey back for this game. Certainly that would help. Um, but, but if they can continue to score points, 30 points per game, 34 points per game with DeAndre Hopkins available, then that, it, that at least gets them closer to the vision of the offense they had when the season started. Because there's no doubt they thought they were going to outscore a bunch of teams this year, right? There's no doubt they invested in the idea that they were going to outscore a bunch of teams. And without DeAndre Hopkins, that vision never had a chance. Never had a shot. No. With no. him, maybe it does. Maybe it does. And then, you know, a combination, right? I mean, it's almost like I, I do think Connor is an important piece. We've seen some struggles from the running backs when Connor's not there. You only had the one good game by Eno. I mean, you, you realize the importance of James Connor. I think there's a good chance he's going to play this week. I don't know for sure, but if he plays, that really helps as well because, you know, that's what you want to see. You want to see Connor and Hopkins together. All right, coming up, every NBA team has had at least one issue to start the year. I mean, heck, just look at the Golden State Warriors right now. What was the Suns issue to start the year. That's coming up here on Arizona Sports. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Block of seagulls. Oh, there you go. Look at that. Guy had the oh, craziest. That guy had the craziest hair ever. He really did. Guy. Yes, he really did. Welcome you back a to the Burns and Gambo strange show. Strange-looking singer, <laughs> indeed. Welcome you back to Burns and Gambo here on Arizona Sports. Let's send it back to the Oxygen Community Studios. It's four thirty. We got to update. I'm not even sure which poll question we're going to update because we've got like five of them right now. I just so want to know how many people I helped today. Well, let's find because out because that's what I want. That's what matters. Play the thingy. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. So he opened the show with the revelation that Gambo was not aware that his cell phone is also a personal hotspot. Just found this out for the first time. Found today. out that I would be able to use that to connect to my home computer because uh-huh. my power went out and the internet went down, and I I thought I was stuck. But then Chelsea showed me that I could turn my phone into my computer to make my computer work at home. Eric, take it away. I didn't know that. Well, we asked the people if they knew that your phone could be a hotspot, and this might be a shocker, guys. But ninety six point three percent of people are saying yes. That means the no portion has gone up in the last two hours. It's true. See three point. 0.7% of 1,216 people were in the same boat as Gambo today. We, we helped about 40 people today. <laughs> okay. Quick math. We helped about 40 people. Gambo's good with the percentage did, math on the fly like yes, that. Yes. Yeah. About 40 people that did not know they were in the same boat as me. Listen, your power goes out. If the internet goes uh, down, you think you're screwed. You're not. You go to your phone. You go to that settings. You hit that, that little green and white thing that says hotspot. And then somehow, I don't know. I had to connect. My wife did it, but you connect it to your computer. Yep. And then all hey. of a sudden, there you go. So we forty people learned something today. Huge. You're, you're welcome. You're, you're, you're welcome. Right. You guys are welcome. It was huge. Uh, Eric, what else you got for us? Today? Well, you're right, Bernsey. We did have like eighteen poll questions today, but we're gonna have a classic, and then we've got not a classic. Starting with the micro of the following players, who do you think will get the most offensive snaps on Sunday? Now I'm gonna read these players off uh, in order from most to least snaps from last week. So starting with A.J. Green who played 37, then Greg Dortch who played 20, Trey McBride who played 20, and Robbie Anderson who played 7. We're looking at this all wrong. We're looking at it as, because me and you both voted for Greg Dortch. Yes. Okay? We're voting as to who should or who will. 
Who right. will? Who, who will? Who's the least likely to get those carries? The, those touches? The snaps? The snaps. Uh, That's who it's going to be. <laughs> That's who it's going to be. <laughs> you got to remember, this is Cliff Kingsbury here so we're talking about. Reverse think this. You got to reverse psychology in Bernsey. <laughs> we're like, oh, who should get the most cow? Who will get the most cow? I mean, look, two weeks ago, AJ Green, two, a couple weeks ago, AJ Green didn't play. Last week, he played half the game. So you got to go with the guy you think is least going to get. So you're changing your vote then to AJ Green? I think Green? they're going to bring Andy Isabella back tomorrow, and then he's going to get all the carries. No, I, I, I went with Dorch. I'll I'll, stick, st- with I'll stick with Dorch, too. What's our audience say? Dorch sitting in second place. In first place, the guy with the least amount of snaps last week, Robbie Anderson leading the way, 43.5%. Dorch in second with 35%. A.J. Green at 13.9% in third. McBride at 7.5%. And then we have our classic. It's who's going to win and by how much. Cardinal Seahawks. And as always, a lot is a two-touchdown win or more. Little. Cardinals by a little. I'm going to go Cardinals here. See, I hope you... I really... I sincerely, truly hope you're right. For so many reasons, I can't even begin to mention. If not, you better start getting those mock drafts ready for next week's shows. Seahawks by a little. This one, we've actually had a change now leading the way at 31.1%. It's Cardinals by a little. In second place, nearly getting in first, 30.6% is Seahawks by a little. In third place, 27% is Hawks by a lot. And in last place, as it always is, 10.9% cards by a lot. Your optimism has inspired the masses, Gambo. I think they win. I I I I hope you're right. I hope you're right. I mean, I, really, I mean, like, for all the, this week has been, this has, like, been one of those hard weeks. I mean, like, not, not what we do is hard, but when you talk about a team losing as much as the Cardinals have lost and the way they've lost, it gets, after a while, it gets a little frustrating, right? Yeah, it sucks. The, it's been a tough week for that because we've, we've delved into a lot of tough topics about this team and their state. If they can beat Seattle on Sunday, we're going to come in here on Monday and it's going to be like a fresh breath of air. I had a guy ask me last week, is it better when the teams are really good or really bad? I said, you see, like, seriously? It's so much better when they're really good. Because when they're really bad, it beats you down. Now, I will say this. The worst thing is the the teams that are in the middle. Like, I'd prefer a really bad team than a mediocre team. Because these fans lose. Fans care if you're bad, and they care if you're good. And when you're mediocre, they don't seem to care very much. So you're right. Talking about a team, and not that anybody, we're we're expecting, like, tears to be shed over our job or anything. But talking about a team that's that's that bad, day after, it it gets, it's taxing. It's very taxing. I would love to come in here. Nothing more. Love to come in here on Monday and talk about a Cardinals win over the Seahawks. It would just make every, the food would taste better. The air would feel cleaner. It would just all be great if that happens. Uh, would also be glad to come in here on Monday and talk about a couple Suns wins against the Trailblazers. That's who they're hosting tonight and tomorrow. And we've gone through all the injuries for the Trailblazers. No Dame Lillard, no Simons. Neither one of them are going to play tonight. DeAndre Ayton certainly appears to be back. He's probable for tonight's game. Looks like we're going to get him. Uh, there was a story, I think it was on Bleacher Report of um, all the different teams and you know what was what was expected to be kind of their trouble spot this year. What could what has been problem every NBA team didn't see coming. That's how it was headlined. One problem every team didn't see coming. 
you can obviously predict what the Suns' problem that they couldn't see coming Chris would be. Paul. That'd be Chris Paul. Can't shoot. And his ability to shoot. The funk that he's in right Chris now. Chris Paul's inability to shoot the basketball. Yeah, that was the that was the one. What's, what's remarkable about the Suns is, you know, Jay Crowder is not playing, and he's not even here, and Dario's not playing, and Chris Paul can't knock down an open three, and they're playing great. I know. It's <laughs> like, they're just playing great. Like, it's just they're, you know, they like, they're bulletproof. Like, they're just, it's amazing to me. Like, but Chris Paul, like, we'll find out if that's something that is sustainable once the playoffs come, or they will need him to score a little bit more. But he has not shot the ball wet, uh, well. He's got career lows, I believe, in field goal percentage and three-point percentage. And the other night against uh, the other night, he was 0 for 4 and then he finally hit that last three-pointer. Um, and it was a book was in foul trouble and the bench you know, really struggled. Uh, I, I think, I can't imagine it's going to stay this bad, but I do think he'll probably end up with one of his lower shooting percentages in, in his career this year. I yeah. do believe that's probably going to happen. And I think you're right. We're not going to really know what it means until the end of the season. You know, because it's what we've really come to learn, and we knew it, but where we were reminded of it, is that there's such a difference between regular season basketball and postseason basketball. You know, I mean, it's just regular season basketball, you're playing a different team every other night. They don't really prepare for you. They do a little, but not like you would in a seven-game series, right? And so, under circumstances like that, it's it's easier when you've got the talent the Suns have to be able to withstand a poor shooting night from Chris Paul to overcome a poor shooting night from Chris Paul. It's not that big of a deal. You get into a seven-game series where you're counting on him to be one of your best players, it is a big deal. So it might be like this the whole season. You're right. It's not going to be this bad the whole season, but it might be a whole season's worth of Chris Paul. This could end up being the worst statistical season of his career. We won't really know what it means until the end. If they win a championship, I don't think he's going to care one bit about how bad his shooting percentage was because Chris Paul is one of those guys that, you know, he affects the games in so many different ways, and and the way he best suits this team is not with his shooting, it's, you know, or even his ability in the fourth quarter to take over those crunch time minutes. He he affects the game the most with his floor generalship, his ability to calm everything down, find the open guy, spread the ball around, make sure everybody's being fed. Um, He's the best passing point guard in the league. He is still great at it. He may have a down year shooting the basketball and shooting threes, and I think even his free throw percentage was a career low this year, too, if I'm not mistaken from what I was looking at earlier. But I still think he'll, he'll, end yeah. up, he'll end up as as one of the top assist guys in the league because he's still great at that one thing. His his ability to shoot the basketball is not going to in any way affect his ability to pass the basketball. He had one year where his free throw percentage was lower than it is right now. and that, But having said all of that, if you would have told me that the Suns are going to be 6-1 and one, and Chris Paul is going to be averaging 10 points per game and shooting 36% from the floor and shooting 23% from three, I would have said no way. But there was no way the Suns were going to start 6-1 and one with Chris right. Paul off to that bad of a start. But so far, they've been able to kind of reinvent I said, how they play basketball. If I said Booker was having career lows in field goal, three-point, free throw, I don't think there's a chance they could be 6-1. and one. They're not 6-1. and one. But, but Paul 
you, you, you can win games because he can still help you. You don't have to take him off the court because he's not knocking down yeah. shots. I, I still would have thought it would not have been likely for them to be 6-1, and one, but I would agree with you that it's it's more likely that they could be 6-1 and one with Paul struggling than with Book struggling. Book's you know? got to score for them. Yeah, like he he's does. Almost, they won the other night with him not having a major impact scoring um, because McHale and Cam played so well. But in the past, it's always been, they've been very reliant on Book to score. When we come back, the gauntlets is here for the Arizona Cardinals. How will they traverse the next three weeks? And maybe just as importantly, how will their opponents traverse the next three weeks? Because that is part of the story as well. That's next on Burns and Gambo. Football Friday with Burns and Gambo. Presented by 72 Soul. Arizona Sports. The local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. We are live from Footprint Center, where tonight the Suns are taking on the Portland Trailblazers. And our broadcast today, our coverage all show long, brought to you by FanDuel. You want to come by and say hi to us? We're just outside the FanDuel Sportsbook, as a matter of fact, here at Footprint Center, where the Suns and the Blazers are playing tonight. Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals are playing the Seattle Seahawks. And it's the start of a three-game stretch yeah. that is everything. For the card, I mean, it's it is it's everything for the Cardinals. Everything they want is on the other side of, of hard. Yes, that's the Monty Williams. Yeah, everything they want is on the other side of this three game stretch. Everything they're yeah. afraid of is on the other side of this three game stretch. It truly is the do or die, make it or break it stretch of the season for the Cards. Yeah, and and I looked at it a different way than just being like, okay, you got to win these games. They're all division games. I looked at all. I looked at the next three games for all of these teams. The Rams are playing. Tampa Bay, Arizona, and New Orleans. Okay, Tampa Bay's got three wins. New Orleans has three wins, and the Rams have three wins. Somebody's got to win those games, mm-hmm. so that that's going to hurt. San Francisco's got the Chargers, Arizona, and New Orleans. Uh, so San Fran's got to play New Orleans, also a team right now with three wins. Seattle has to play Tampa Bay. They've got three wins, and they got to play Arizona and Las Vegas. So, like in this three-game schedule. Seattle will play Tampa Bay. L.A. will play Tampa Bay. San Francisco will play New Orleans. L.A. will play New Orleans. So the way I looked at it was, uh, man, I, I wonder if you've got to win all three of these. For the simple fact that, you know, you're, the, these, these other teams are also playing teams that are in the same boat you are. New Orleans has three wins. Tampa Bay has three wins. The Cardinals have three wins. Somebody's going to win those games. It's like you can't afford to lose because you're going to fall behind the eight ball, not only in the division, but you know, you, if you don't fall behind the eight ball in the division, you could fall behind the eight ball against the teams that you're chasing for a wild card spot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're right. It's not just the division and, and, and the fact that those other teams are teams that you're competing with. I still think that if they go two and one these next three, that they're they're in it enough, you know what I mean? Like, they're, okay, they're but still, what if they lose this week and they follow three and six? Well, then then you have to ask yourself the question: Are they capable of winning the next two? They are, but if they don't win this week, it's not going to feel like they are, right? It's it's. I it's think you're asking them to go six and two in eight games if they lose to Seattle, and I don't think they got a snowball's hell uh, snowball's chance in hell of doing that. Okay, I mean this is a team that doesn't usually finish strong well under Cliff, and this is a team that would be three and six, and now all of a sudden you think they're going to reverse that and go six and two? No, but I'm not thinking about the rest of the season. I'm just know, thinking you're, about you're thinking going game at a time. Two, yeah. I'm just thinking two and one in these three games. Okay, no matter how it happens, no matter how. How it works now. I okay. 
let's play the psychological games here. You lose this week to Seattle. Everything you just described happens. You're three and six now on the season. There's going to be people in that locker room who are like, yep, yep that's it. Done. Done. We're. I'm going to think they're done. Yeah, and I think there's going to be a lot to... of people who are going to think they're done. And then I'm I think gonna... you're going to get coaches looking over their shoulders, and you're going to players wondering about their future. And the or... now the organization is in like this crisis mode of, oh crap! And I don't know if they can recover from that. I don't know if they can respond to that. So, to put a finer point on it, yeah, they need to go two and one of these next three. One of the two has to be this weekend's game, right? I mean, because it, it one, it's the only one you've got at home. You should have an advantage there, even yeah, though that hasn't been this ways for a year. You can, there's ways you could say that because again, now if you win this one, and you know, again, now, now if you win this one, now you're not saying you got to go six and two in your final eight, right? Now you're it's not, easier not, for you to look at the next two and just go, okay, yeah. just got to win one of the next two and we're okay, right? Okay, right. I was then, just, you, then you're trying to go five and three instead of six and two. Yeah, you know I'm what just saying. Yeah, it I'm becomes just, more manageable. Like, I, I, I think you have to look at the big picture and say this team's not going to go six and two. I, I, I was just saying go two and one in your next three. To your point of you got to go three and zero, oh, otherwise you're doomed. You know, because of the schedule work that you just. I, I still think they can go two and one in their next three and not be doomed depending on what happens around them. But one of the two has to be this weekend's game. They have to win this weekend. And I'm not – I'll just tell you now. I mean, if you're going to turn on this show on Monday and, you know, you want to hear a positive spin on them losing this game and how they can still make the playoffs, you're not going to get it from me. Oh, uh, so I don't think that they will be able to. Don't look at me. I'm not going to do it. I, I'm not – yeah, I'm just saying, like, from my perspective, I don't – I don't think that they could lose this game and still make the playoffs. I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it and try to come up with these reasons why. At that point, they'll have proven to me that they're the three and six. Okay, so based, you, are, you are what your record says you are. Based off of looking at the schedules. Yeah. If they go two and one, but one of the wins is this weekend, do you still think they're in it? They're alive. They're okay. still alive. Okay. They'd be alive. Um Look, and even if they lose to Seattle, they win the next two. Some people may say they're alive. I just think the chore becomes really difficult because, again, I think you're trying to you, you're right. in a, you're in a path of having to win six out of eight games, and I don't know that they're capable of doing that. But yeah, I think if you come out of the stretch and you're five and six, you've got to go four and two and get to nine wins, and then hope that you know you haven't lost out on a bunch of tiebreakers because you lose this one, you also lose the tiebreaker to Seattle. So then, if San Francisco overtakes Seattle. And wins the division, and you end up tied with Seattle, but you lost the two games to Seattle. Guess where you're not going? Yeah. So you start to lose tiebreakers. Cliff Kingsbury today was asked if there was a different level of intensity this week, knowing what's kind of on the line for this team right now. I'd say guys understand where it's at, and there's a lot of frustration last week with how that game went and not finishing. Um, so I would say we had a really good week of practice, and uh, focus was good, and intensity was good, and I just got to make it transition to Sunday. Josh Weinfuss tweeted this out a couple of hours ago. He covers the Cardinals for ESPN. Sunday is one of those games in which the narrative outside the team matches the conversation inside the team. One player told me today, quote, it's a must win. You can't go 0-3 in the division. Agree. Agreed. Agreed. So yep. they know it. They know. They, they know it. Win this week. And, and like you, you know, 
We come in here on Monday and they've lost on Sunday. You will not get Mock a... Montrez, baby. You will not get a, hey, don't no. worry, everything might still be all right. You're not going to get that from me either. Your injury report for this week's game, it's brought to you by the Arizona Department of Health Services. Get boosted. COVID-19 booster doses are recommended for ages 5 and older. Find a location near you at azhealth.gov slash find vaccines. Here's what we've got for you with the injury report. Max Garcia, Rodney Hudson, Christian Matthew all ruled out today. Dennis Gardeck is listed as questionable, but Cliff Kingsbury said today that the linebacker very unlikely that he's going to play in the game. The game time decisions are safety Buda Baker, running back James Conner, left tackle DJ Humphreys. Those are the game time decisions. Wow. Big Buda, DJ, Connor, big players. You were told James maybe it it looks good. Yeah, maybe they feel like there's a a chance that he's going to play. I can't. I'm not saying that he's going to play, but the 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 guy that I heard the most positive news on in that group is probably James. Yeah. uh, Meanwhile, for the Seattle Seahawks, Marquise Goodwin, wide receiver, out. Daryl Taylor, linebacker, out. Those are the only two players listed listed as out. Two other players were listed. Why does Carlos play all these teams that are so healthy? I don't know. Like what, really? Uh, it's not. It's not. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not <laughs> yeah. right. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, we are live from Footprint Center. Suns are taking on the Portland Trailblazers tonight. Whereas the Suns, they're getting ready for this game. We'll talk about it next on the Burns and Gambo show.